Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everyone? And welcome into A to Z Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out a tozsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, man, the Cowboys did something very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, we, we were talking about this a little bit last night when we went over the entire draft class for the Cowboys. But we were talking about how if you tune into the draft show via the Cowboys official website, you get to see a camera inside the Cowboys war room. And it is a pretty fun experience because that way you can, you know, you're looking at the screen, you're wondering, oh man, what coach is going to get on the phone? Because if it's Dan Quinn, then it's a defensive pick, but maybe it might be uh, Lunda Wells, which means they're going tight end uh, as they did in the second round, so on and so on. And, and it's a fun experience, period. But rarely do you get to see what is actually said in those debates in those discussions inside the war room you get the phone calls you get the phone calls and those are emotional pieces of content they're pretty cool Deuce Vaughn's phone call was out of this world for example but you don't get to see and listen to their reasoning right most of the times so you might get to read about it in a Peter King column or an Albert Weir type column you, you might get to to read about them but you rarely get to actually listen to them and the Cowboys released a video of their debate before they made the 26th overall pick last Thursday night. And in the video, you actually get to listen to the fact that they, are, they were deciding between two players. Now, it is fair to say that the Cowboys do not say the name of the prospect out loud in the video, but several insiders have confirmed that it was between these two guys that you are seeing in the screen right now. Defensive tackle Massey Smith, who now we all know won the debate, and the other guy that was in discussion was Matthew Vergeron, the offensive lineman out of Syracuse who played tackle in college. If he was drafted by the Cowboys, you would have assumed that he was going to move inside. Now, they actually talk about that during the... the video but let's 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 get to it i don't have the video for you i just have have the audio playing it safe obviously so here we go let's listen to what was said just for context though keep in mind they are debating the number 26 overall pick watch out for what they say about their needs and 
Will McClay's closing argument to actually draft Moss Smith? Here we go. After having them both here in our hands, yeah, we're better on the line of scrimmage with either one of these guys. We've had offensive linemen there. We've had the opportunity to pick them. We've not had a defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman, that high in quite some time. We're good. Let's keep on the phone. You got two minutes. We'll just give warm up. There you go. There you go. There's a lot to unpack there. I think that our three big takeaways. Uh, before we get on with that, let me say hi though in the chat. Maybe let, maybe say hi uh, to to you guys in the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat. We've got Toxic Tom making fun of my Yankees. Uh, I mean, it's it's fair. It's fair. Uh, Toxic Tom says, "Cute shirt, Mo. Was it picture day at school? Hey man, it's it's, it's a t-shirt. It's a t-shirt. <laughs> Shout out to Charlene Evans." Uh, we've got Double R saying happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, our usual tradition of celebrating my birthday on a daily basis. For those of you who are new to the show, Blue Dab says Mo is wearing his Gap, Baby Gap shirt on his birthday. Hey, man, what's wrong with this shirt? <laughs> uh, Chris Davis. I know you're kidding, though. I know you're kidding. Don't worry. Uh, Mark Aaron says, I heard it was between Massey and uh, Breezy. Wait, but Brian Breezy was already drafted, wasn't he? No, he was drafted later. That's that's wrong. Uh, 29th overall. Marky, shout out to you, sir. Thank you. Welcome into the show. Shout out to Mark Andrew as well. We've got uh, Dynasty as well over there. Rock, thank you all. Thank you all for joining the show. Uh, a lot to unpack there. A lot to unpack there. Uh, I kind of divided it into three different takeaways that we could draw from that debate. First of all, they're debating between an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. Now, Massey Smith says Will McClay is the pick for him for, I mean, I'm guessing he also had his many reasons about the actual players, but he says, in the, in the video, he says he gives us an immediate starter at a position of need and something for the future while... At guard, we all you're adding depth. So that tells us several things. Number one, and this is the main takeaway of the night, in my opinion, they looked at nose tackle as a bigger need than offensive line. That has major implications, and we will get into that a little bit later on the show. But before we do that, let me ask you this. Do you agree? Or disagree that a nose tackle was a bigger need for the Cowboys heading into the draft than offensive line. Do you agree or disagree? Let me know in the chat while you do that. And before we move on into the other lessons that I think we learned uh, on that front and we get into the major implications of it, uh, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. A family-owned business has been so for over 65 years and you can check out their wide range of new and used vehicles over at their dealership at Irving, Texas. Or you can go to the website at freemanmazda.net. And in there, you can see the features of every car. You can see pictures of the outside and inside of each vehicle. And keep in mind, you get A-plus customer service. Because again, this is a family-owned business that we are talking about. And around this time here on Prime Time, what we do is we look at the Freeman Mazda 
Ride of the Week. In this case, it is the 2023 Mazda MX-5 Miata RF Grand Touring. Let me talk to you about this beauty of a vehicle, which starts at $38,815. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, a convertible roof, premium audio. This is a manual transmission car, blind spot monitor, and a miles per gallon capacity of 26 when you are in the city. That goes up to 34 when you are in the highway. So make sure you check out the Freeman Mazda right of the week over at Freeman Mazda. Net. Let's see, do you agree or disagree with Will McClay essentially saying that they had a, a bigger need for defensive line? Let's see here. Uh, yes, 100% says all in Toxic Tom. Chris Davis says, are you agree? Let's see here. Uh, agree, we needed Massey, says Dynasty. Agree, says Stephen White. Agree for Katharina. Good draft, he uh, says Hillary. Way to go. Uh, agrees, says Blue Dabs. I'm not seeing any disagrees. I'm not seeing any disagrees. Uh, Mark Andrew agrees too. Now, let me say this. I think it would be unfair for me to say that I agree. Now, I'm not saying I don't agree with the pick, but it, I mean, I, I ranked the needs of this team prior to the NFL draft, and I had offensive line at number one. And I had defensive line at number two. But I think that the fact that the Cowboys look at it differently says volumes about what their plan is moving forward. Because if Will McClay is saying that Matthew Vergeron is not a, an immediate starter for the team, that he is only a depth piece for the Cowboys, then that would have to mean in turn that the Cowboys already feel like they have their left guard in place and their tackles in place. And I'm going to say that it felt to me like this has major implications in the sense that I'm back at square one. I'm back to believing, because for a long time I believed otherwise, that the plan is for Tyler Smith to play left guard in 2023. I mean, they've said a lot of stuff publicly. They have thrown some, some smoke screens here and there. They said that they were looking at Trent Steele being the swing tackle or maybe even sliding inside, which many people interpreted, uh, myself included, as, oh, Tyron Smith is the right tackle now. Tyron Smith is. And maybe Trent Steele is trying to find a place to land, or maybe it's because of the injury. We don't know. But if the Cowboys did not see Matthew Vergeron as being the instant starter at left guard, I think it might mean that they're back to square one of last year when the plan was for Tyron to play outside, Tyler to play inside, and then have Terrence Steele on the opposite side over at right tackle. So kind of big. Maybe it's an overreaction to that conversation that they had in the war room. But otherwise, I don't understand why uh, Will McClay would say that Matthew Vergeron was a, a depth player for them. Because I don't think I don't think that Chuma would have won the job against a first round draft pick. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, Toxic Tom says I didn't view left guard as a bigger need than any of those. Says uh, all in Toxic Tom. I think 
uh, he, he says wide receiver, cornerback, and better interior defensive line play. He mentioned that in a previous comment. And that kind of surprised me from Toxic. I'm not going to lie. Toxic, as you guys know, is, is always since into prime time. He's one of our frequent commenters here on the show. And I'm, I'm saying that it surprises me because I know Toxic Tom is low on Tyron. He's, he's not sold on Tyron's mid's return. So that kind of surprises me because, because I would have thought that maybe you wouldn't be concerned about left guard if you knew that Tyler was going to man that position. So I don't know. I kind of struggled with that. I kind of struggled with the fact that if, if that is not the plan, then what is it? Because if it's not Tyron and Tyler at the left side, then it's going to be a little bit shaky because I don't know who's going to play left guard, man, at that spot. I, I just don't. We'll see how it plays out, but I think that, that audio revealed that. And then another thing that it revealed is Will McClay saying that they had not had a defensive tackle that high on their void in a long, long time. I mean, we know that the Cowboys had not drafted a first-round nose tackle or defensive tackle since 1991, which is a lifetime in the NFL. And uh, they, they, they are higher on Moss's mid than, than maybe we think they are. And you listen to Jerry Jones talk about a potential you know, trade back because he's saying, I don't want us to lose on both of these players, lose out on both of these players when we have them both right now so that essentially confirms what patrick walker from dallascowboys.com reported on the cowboys fielding a call from the kansas city chiefs that was another lesson out of it and then i mean the obvious one is they liked bergeron in the first round so they were not going to consider they were not going to consider uh a tight end in there or a wide receiver or maybe a steve avila and uh and osiris torrance Let's see here what you guys have to say. They may move Tyron to left guard, says Pale Moon. And that would be, at least for me, a huge surprise. I don't know if I would kind of like love that. I, I kind of wouldn't, honestly. Uh, Tommy915, thank you for joining the show. Since Russell Maryland, says Jerry. Yeah, that is the defensive tackle they took in 1991. And he was the number one overall pick, wasn't he? He was. Mark Aaron says, I believe that Chuma will play at left guard. I mean, that, that's the only one, that, that's the only alternative that exists, in my opinion. Like, maybe they expect Tyler to be the tackle and then Chuma be the left guard. And I'm, I mean, I don't mind that, but I also kind of don't think at all that that is your best possible group. We've talked about this at length here on Primetime. If that is the plan, then that's because you are prioritizing having Tyler Smith's development a little bit more taken care of. But then it's a little bit inconsistent with what you're doing. You're trading for Brandon Cooks. You're trading for Stephon Gilmore. You're trying to win now. You got Mouse's mid because he helps you win now. But you're prioritizing Tyler Smith's development over the best possible group of five players that you can have an offensive line. It makes little sense. So I think that. So I personally think that that's why this audio and this video confirms that the plan is for Tyron to be back at left tackle and Tyler at left guard. Personally, 
it would be very inconsistent. It would be. I'm not saying it would be wrong to, to prioritize Tyler's development, but if your goal is to win now, then it is inconsistent, and within that context, it is wrong. It is wrong. You got to decide what you're doing, in my opinion. Uh, shout out to Die Nasty. He had a super chat. Thank you. Thank you for the comment. Thank you for the donation. McClay has a voice in the draft room, and that gives me extreme confidence going forward. But let's be fair here. I agree, first and foremost. I agree. But also, this has been the case for a while now. Like, McClay has been making those calls and has been the de facto general manager during draft season for years and years and years. Jerry Jones is there for the cameras. Jerry Jones is there for the pictures. <laughs> I, I really don't think he has, he, he might not have any input at this point. They might let him say some stuff and, and, and that, but I don't think that he's making even 1% of the calls at this Anyways, moving on a little bit here on the show. Before we get out of here, it is going to be a short one now that I realize it, but we might, we might stick around for some more comments and some more questions. Uh, but we, we got to talk about the Lucas Kuhn maker pick. We got to talk about that one a little bit more at length. Uh, I've not seen a lot of tape on him. I'm like one game into his tape. I saw Joey Ikes on Twitter say that if you want to fall in love with him, you got to watch the game against Maryland. So I don't know if I have that video, but I, I think that I do. I'm going to try to realize that it, like over the, over the week. I'm going to try to watch that. But I'm going to say this. Bob Sturm from The Athletic killed a narrative claiming that Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot and, uh, are the same type of tight end as Luke Schoonmaker or the other way around since he's the new one, right? He's the new guy in town. He killed that narrative with a simple picture. So first and foremost, shout out to Bob Sturm. He's been here on the show before. Uh, he was here the night before last year's NFL draft, and it was a very cool conversation. He's someone that I admire a lot. He tweeted this out today, and he said, are they really the same? And the answer is a resounding no. A lot of people are saying that, you know, Schoonmaker is another Jake Ferguson, is another Peyton Hendershot, and some people are using that as the reason why they hate the pick. But you tell me. You tell me if those guys are the same. Dalton Schultz is taller than both of them. He is heavier, I mean, by one pound, but still has a better vertical, a better broad jump, faster 40-yard dash, faster 20-yard split, faster 10-yard split, faster three-cone time, longer arms, and just a relative athletic score that blows them out of the water. So for those of you who maybe don't know how to read the relative athletic score, the one at the bottom, in which you see, I mean, and obviously, obviously, as Craig says, like, uh, Schultz is gone, obviously. But uh, it's important to add them, though, in my opinion, because it's part of the context why the Cowboys decided to let him walk. Because he didn't sign for a lot of money. Like, it was a, a decision that honestly was kind of based around the players, in my opinion. 
Here's what I was going to get to, though. Uh, the relative athletic score. Schultz has a 7.09. This is from 0 to 10. 6.74 for Jake Ferguson. 6.91 for Hendershot. 9.86. This is how you read these numbers that try to measure, you know, all of their testing numbers and put it into one big number. And it tries to measure where the player is at in terms of explosion, size, production, no, excuse me, explosion, and speed. Those are the four factors that relative athletic score tries to measure. And the way that you read it is 9.86 score means that Luke's Kuhnmaker is in the 98.6 percentile of tight ends in the league. So he is more athletic than 98.5% of the tight ends in the entire league. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of, I wasn't aware when the pick happened of how good of an athlete he was. And it's not new at all that the Cowboys put a lot of stock on a player's athleticism. So Luke's Schoonmaker, uh, maybe we should have had talked a lot more about him as a potential Cowboys draft pick because he fits that profile. But I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, and I talked about this briefly last night too, we came into the draft and one of the things that I pounded the table about was Ferguson is not keeping you from taking a tight end, be it in round one, round two, round three, whatever. Uh, Hendershot even less so. And something that I said last night was, Jake Ferguson has not lost the starting job just because Maker was drafted second overall. That is true. Like, I'm, I'm not going one or the other way. I think it's going to be one of the most fun positional battles that the Cowboys will have this offseason because I think that it's going to be close to a 50-50 split at first and one of them is going to end up winning the starting role at some point, even if it's during the actual regular season. But I, I didn't realize how good of an athlete uh, Schoonmaker was. I, I really didn't. Let's see here, though, what you guys have to say. Let's get into some of the comments right now. We, we, can't, we can throw Fant in there too, Troy Dudley. I'm very intrigued about Fant, man. Uh, we talked about him last night a little bit. I'm very intrigued about him because he, he might make the roster, honestly. I was working on my roster projection earlier today, and I, I'm considering including him in my way-too-early roster projection. Let's see here. I don't view our tight ends as a starter versus bench. Mike loves 12. Says all-in Toxic Tom. Well, but, you know, you better. Like, as much as Mike McCarthy loves 12, I can tell you, I'm betting, I'm betting comfortably that the Cowboys are going to play way more 11 personnel than they are going to play 12. Because even if you like 12, you're not using it most of the time compared to 11 in today's NFL. I don't think it's going to, I don't think that is going to happen. So even though I, I understand what, what Toxic Tom says, there's going to be a number one guy. There's going to be a number one guy for sure. Now, one thing about Fant, though, before I forget is, and I know everyone is crazy about the North Dakota State fullback. You should be. He's good. And the Cowboys, like, he's going to love a fullback. Because I, I, let me tell you something. As much as Mike loves 
12 personnel, he also loves 21 personnel. And the Cowboys are getting a fullback. I think that is clear. Now, they could get him with North Dakota State fullback, which right now seems like one of the most likely undrafted free agents to make the team. But Princeton Fant out of Tennessee can also be kind of a fullback. He can be an H-back, which is kind of a, a hybrid between the two, right? This tight end that is set back from the line of scrimmage and is going to be very involved in blocking. And whenever Tennessee wanted to go into this, like Tennessee, keep in mind, they, they ran this. It's, it's more pro than many realize maybe. But they ran this crazy offense, passing offense with splits, insanely large. Like the wide receivers were all the way to the sideline and, and that kind of stuff. But whenever they wanted to go into a condensed look, it was fanned as an H-back. And they handed him the ball. He was a pass catcher for them in those situations. He was a blocker. He was very, very versatile at, as that. So... Right now, and we're going to get into this deeper at some point this week, I think the Cowboys are likely to carry four running backs, including a fullback. And I think they're also going to carry four tight ends. Like, I can see that. And I can see Fant being the guy over Hendershot, even. I wouldn't be surprised about that at all. Now, not to say that Fant is, like, a, a polished product, because he isn't. Like, some of some of the snaps... And I was watching him today. I watched the one game that I have on him. I don't have access to, to another cut-up of him. But he he frustratingly unwilling to block sometimes in some of those plays. Like he just kind of like bounces around instead of going forward and, and trying to, to get to somebody. Danny says, keep, keep an eye on, on offensive tackle undrafted Earl Bostic, 6'6", 309. They might have him, to, they have, they, excuse me, they might move him to guard. He was also a former tight end. Yeah, Null replacements is all in Toxic Tom. Yeah, I think Null has been replaced, ladies and gentlemen, with either Lubke or, I don't know if it's pronounced Lubke, I'm sorry, or, or Fant. The, the, I meant the fullback out of North Dakota State. I'm seeing some love for Deuce. Yeah, I think I think Deuce is making the roster, even though he was a late sixth rounder. <laughs> that that joke about you know Deuce and Turpin counting as one roster spot <laughs> would be something, wouldn't it? Man, I, I don't know about I don't know how safe Turpin is. I don't know how safe Turpin is. Like I don't see him as a wide receiver for the team. So can you carry can you carry again? I I know they already did it last year. I understand that. But can you carry and, and he was good too for the Cowboys, but here's what I'm saying. You're carrying the obvious specialists. Brian Anger, long snapper, Sieg, and uh Kicker, who right now it's Vizcaino, but we don't know who's who is it. Who's it really going to be when the time comes? But those are your three traditional specialists. And then you're also keeping CJ Goodwin as a specialist only. And you're also keeping Turpin as a specialist only. That's kind of tough. That's kind of tough. 
Turpin is a Pro Bowl returner, says the guru. Yeah, and I get that. And I get that. I'm just saying, man, this is a numbers game. This is a numbers game, and it's not going to be easy. I'm going to tell you something, though. I had an assignment for ADC Sports <laughs> today, and it was my 53-man 50, roster projection for the Jaguars because I'm covering the Jaguars a lot for ADC Sports. The Jaguars made 13 draft picks. It's tough to, to project the roster when you have 13 draft picks because I was like, bro, they drafted two linebackers last year, and then they drafted another two linebackers this year, and two of the non-drafted guys played in 60% of the special team snaps each. So what do you do there? <laughs> do, you, do you cut the drafted guys, or do you go ahead and, and cut the guys that have played significant amount of, of time for you? I cut I caught the special teamers. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I mean, they're they're high draft picks. One was a fifth rounder, the other was a third rounder. I was not about to cut either of them. Duval, this is toxic Tom. I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you, I I enjoy covering the Jaguars just because Trevor Lawrence is my guy. Has been so since he was at Clemson, obviously. All right. All right. I'm seeing some random, random Dak Prescott hate in the comments. I'm not going to get into it <laughs> at all. Uh, by the way, do me a favor, though. Hit the like button for me. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy what you're watching, uh, we have around 90 people combining Facebook and YouTube. Do me a favor and uh, hit the like button for me because we are at around 30 likes. And we gotta, we gotta get that number up. We gotta get that number up. So do me a favor and do that, because it helps me put the show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Watch this, Eric Scott Jr. says Mark Aaron. I have not had any on him though, to be honest. So we'll see when when I can get to that. But Eric Scott, like it's it's easy to understand why. We mentioned it last night. Third longest wingspan in the entire draft class. The two guys that had a longer wingspan were Julius Brents, who was drafted in the second round by the Colts. And then the other one was Joey Porter Jr., who went poetically to the Steelers, right? The team of his dad. So those two guys were drafted within the top 50 selections. And the Cowboys got the third longest wingspan at the beginning of the sixth round. I could see him making the roster. I think it's going to be a, a long road, maybe. But how cool is the story about him pulling his quad in the pro day, but still running it, it out, finishing it, 471, 40-yard dash. That would put him in the zero percentile of NFL cornerbacks. He would be the slowest cornerback out there. And then on top of that, the Cowboys said, you know what? Send us a YouTube video, which he uploaded April 21st of running some defensive back drills. The video is two minutes, 39 seconds long. And that was the thing that convinced the Cowboys to draft him days before the draft. I thought that's a crazy story. Wrote about it for ADC Sports today. Pretty fun stuff. All in, Toxic Tom says, uh, if Mo was our GM, he would turn all of our picks via index cards, no phones or emails. You know it. You know it. 
and, and not even those cool index cards that I showed you the other day that you can erase. No, no, old school. Give me the, I'm going to write the name. I'm going to turn it in and they're going to send that card to the Hall of Fame because it's going to be a, a banger. Would you start Deuce instead of Tony Pollard as running back, says Michael. Oh, no. No, no, no. Listen, I love Deuce. I love Deuce. But, uh, oh, just to clarify, because I'm seeing this comment from Troy, says, Scott is not that slow. He was hurt. Yeah, as I said, like, he pulled his quad in the first couple of, of steps during that 40-yard dash, and he finished it out. That's why he, he ran a 471. And with the YouTube video, the Cowboys kind of confirmed, okay, he's not a 4-7 guy. Uh, but back to the Deuce comment. Do not see Deuce Vaughn starting, though. Do not see that at all. Size is an issue. Size has to be an issue. He might be like Darren Sproles. Maybe. Yeah, I get that. He's definitely, he definitely has the playmaking skills to, to make us look at it that way. But I don't think that he's going to be a, a starting back in his NFL career. He can be a very exciting number two, and he can be very versatile for you and really change things up for your offense. But it feels to me like you have to have a number one guy in front of him at first. And that's actually one of the things that I think is a knock on him is that he's not really a potential replacement for Pollard a year from now. Because we've talked about the possibility of Pollard not sticking around after his franchise tacked year. So I don't see him being super durable for, for the, in order to be a number one guy. I think he can run. I think he can do all of that. I think he can uh, be a pass catcher. I think he can do all of that. But, but I wouldn't imagine him being a, the featured back. Plus, Pollard good. That boy good. So even if even if uh, Deuce had what it took, Pollard is not going to be benched. Very interested in seeing how his health is, though. We'll see what happens. Uh, the running back room is going to be fun, too. Because you've got, got, guys, you've got Tony Pollard. You've got Malik Davis. You've got Rico Dowdle. Rico Dowdle is legit, too. Like, don't, don't slip on him. And then Deuce Vaughn. Did I already mention this? No, I had not. And then the fullbacks. So it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. That boy hurt. Rasta says, that boy hurt. Yep, that boy good. That boy hurt. <laughs> it's going to be a fun conversation at running back throughout the offseason. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen. That will be it for me tonight here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you. Thank you for joining me tonight. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. Share the stream for me. And remember to tune in tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. We are live every Sunday through Thursday night. You can also check out Skywalker Steel. That's every morning. And remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. At some point this week, we're going to get a 53-man roster projection in here. But in the meantime, you can go to the website, adcsports.com slash Dallas, and look through Matthew Lennox's, our Cowboys writer. He had his own projection for the Cowboys. If you want to go found that, uh, find that and see what the roster could look like when it's all said and done, go ahead and do that. Thank you, everyone. 
thank you, thank you. Hit the like button for me. See you tomorrow night. 8 de la noche. Bye bye.